Welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. My name is Kay Fresh. This is episode 28. Uh, you know, first off, I just want to thank for everybody who's been uh, listening to the podcast thus far. Uh, this is going to be kind of a season finale, so to speak. Um, I kind of want to take a hiatus from the podcast just to kind of recharge my own batteries. I've been a little out of it lately, a little lackluster. I just want to kind of refreshing things in life and with the podcast. I got some things I run retool with the podcast, the look, the sound, the format. But what I've done thus far with the podcast is, you know, it's done its, you know, done its business. It, it, it did what I was trying to do with it. It got me out. It got me busy. It got my head busy. It got me to have something of my own. It got me to just think about other things. And uh, I feel like I was able to sort of get past the previous point in my life that I was overthinking for, for way too long. So I'm kind of figuring out what to do next, not just with this podcast, but in life. And I kind of want this podcast to sort of mirror that. So I just want to take a brief, you know, hiatus, maybe a few weeks and sort of, you know, recharge my own batteries and freshen up things. I already know what I want to do for the first episode back. There's somebody that I've been a friend with for a long time who wants to do the podcast and he'd be the perfect one because my best episodes thus far have been the more personal ones like the Dilla one or the first one with Finale. Uh, So I want to kind of latch on that more. Um, I want to continue to, you know, do music, maybe try to, I'm still trying to break into the whole more doing more wrestling. Um, I got some episodes that are more centered around maybe combat sports and MMA, talking with some friends about that. Um, and maybe even things outside of those realms, uh, more just artistic things and interesting people in general. Um, I'm going to try to maybe even branch out a little bit more, but I want it to all be kind of personal. So, um, yeah, after this episode, it's gonna I'm going to sort of take a break for a little while. Um, I'm not sure, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so. We'll see how things will go. I'm not going to try to rush myself back. Uh, and for this, uh, this episode, we have not one, but two interviews that I want to share with you. Uh, first is with uh, a Los Angeles-based band called The Airs. Uh, I interviewed uh, Savannah Hudson from the band. Her and her brother Brandon, the, uh, I believe they were on like America's Got Talent years ago. Uh, they started this band called the Heirs. They're uh, they're you know only eighteen and sixteen years of age, you know, um, respectively. Uh, so they're still like teenagers. But I was able to um, speak with Savannah on her you know on her way to uh, a recent show here in Detroit, and I went to the show. It was at uh, the Marble Bar, and it was awesome. It was like they're a really good band. So hopefully some uh, some good things uh, are ahead of them. And also I got an interview with uh, Lizzie Ellison. Uh, from the band Radiation City out of uh, Portland. Uh, again, they were on their way to Detroit also for a uh, a show with Deep Sea Diver at the Marble Bar. Another awesome show. They have an awesome uh, new album out these days, and uh, it's definitely something you should check out, you know, both of these bands. So I want to definitely share both of these uh, interviews before uh, I take my little hiatus to uh, freshen the word, so to speak. <laughs> so... Uh, Let's start off with uh, the interview with uh, Savannah Hudson from The Airs. Hi, this is Savannah. Hey, how's it going? It's going really well. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Just getting off the day job. Very nice. We're sitting in a blizzarding downpour of snow on the highway headed to Detroit. Oh yeah, be be careful, be careful. <laughs> yeah, they're, we're going like five miles per hour right now. <laughs> right, yeah, I know, I know exactly how that how that can be. It's it's nerve wracking. Yeah, it's it's cool. We we're not used to the snow, so all of us are like looking out the window like little puppies at the snow and and all, all the snow on the ground and the trees. It's beautiful. Funny thing was, is like a few days ago, it was like sixty five degrees here. 
I know that's what everyone was saying. They were like, you came just in time for like the most snow that we have. <laughs> I was like, good. I mean, it's freezing. We're bundled up to from our necks to our toes, but it's it's beautiful. We like it a lot. Yeah, it's been it's been a pretty mild winter for us actually, which has been kind of good. Um, but we always get these little pockets of snow that are just that come down enough just to be annoying. Yeah, no, I, I am not used to it, so it's amazing. <laughs> I'm, I feel bad for you guys; you have to live in it every day. But we, we like we like going through and, and visiting. <laughs> right, you're you're from you're originally from Florida, but now are in LA, right? Yeah, Brandon and I were born in Florida, and we lived there for a few years, and then we, we moved to LA when I was about eight or seven. Oh, okay. So you so you always just had like warmer weather. Yeah, we've always had warm weather. In Florida, is obviously always humid, and then LA is beautiful weather. So we're not really used to the snow. <laughs> so how's the tour been uh, thus far with the Big Pink? It's been great. Um, all the places have been really cool. The venues have been awesome, and the Big Pink is, is a really great band, and they're super sweet. So it's been good. We love. We love touring. We're like definitely a touring band. We like to play shows every night and we love playing shows in general. So wherever we can get out and perform and have a good time, that we love to do that. Yeah, you've uh, you've been on some uh, good tours thus far. Uh, what's been some of your favorite mo- moments touring? Um, this tour is definitely a good moment because we're just kind of getting a... Are you still there? Hello? Oh, yeah, it looks like you, uh, you went out for a moment there. Oh, I was just saying, um, this tour has definitely been a good a good one um, so far. We have South by Southwest at the end of the month, which I think is going to be really fun. Um, but we did a couple of shows in the beginning, I think in August, and we played a sold-out show in, at the Roxy and then Webster Hall in New York, and we played in Chicago. And those were really fun shows, and we were super surprised that they were sold out, and we had a good time, so that was definitely one of those shows that goes down goes down in the books. Um, but, you know, just constantly touring wherever we are. It doesn't really matter where we are or who we're playing for. It's just the fact that we're out and we're playing. So, How, you know, how are your live shows like? You know, you know how would you describe, you know, how you guys are on stage? Um, our live shows, we try, we try to make them like an experience. I feel like we like to have the whole set as a cohesive piece. We like, um, like a journey almost for every person that comes and, watches it's kind of like we want them to enter our world of neon and music and and just kind of enjoy themselves in that and not think about anything else besides the music that they're listening to so we try and focus on that a lot um we're also very we dance a lot <laughs> i will say brandon and i we're, and alex and ian were all kind of hip movers so we dance a lot um and we interact with each other and the audience it's a good time definitely uh has it gotten to the point where you have like a nice footing with uh, with your stage show? Do you feel comfortable up there? Oh yeah, I think after we played our first couple of shows together on this tour, it's kind of like the back of our hands now. We just we just get on and have a good time. Um, but it was definitely nerve wracking the first few, just because getting all the kinks out and we don't really know what's going to happen. But um, yeah, now it's now it's super comfortable. Obviously. I, I mean, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I think I still kind of get a little bit nervous before any type of show, but it's a good nervous, not like, oh, no, am I going to mess up nervous? It's like, yeah, this is going to be good, but, you know, it's still a show. So I think I still feel that. Great, yeah. When you're on stage, you know, when you're just looking out into the crowd, what kind of goes through your mind? Um, so many things. <laughs> um, I guess kind of just I hope that the the people who are watching are – receiving the music in a, in a positive way and that they're relating to it. Um, I don't know. And enjoying themselves. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you guys have an EP out thus far. Have you, um, do you feel like there's been a great, you know, reception from the crowd, you know, with the music that you have out thus far? Yeah, I think so. Um, the EP has, has been out since August and, um, we've been playing it everywhere we've, been performing and everyone seems to like it a lot ecliptic is one of the favorites all right good night is a fun one um lies we do like this extended ending it's like a rock outro and 
that's one of my favorites to do just because we get to kind of just go crazy and all the boys get to bang on their instruments a little bit harder than they do <laughs> in the rest of the set. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's, it's great. I think it's, I think it's been a good reception towards everyone. So it's good. Yeah. When I first kind of uh, came about, um, your band, I didn't like, I didn't even realize that you and Brandon were like so young, you know, how old are you now? Yeah, we're, uh, I'm 16 and he's 18. Well, our birthdays are in May, so we'll soon to be 17 and 19. Okay, yeah, you guys you guys have a very sort of mature sound, I guess, you know, for your age. Thank you. Um, I think part of that has to do with um, just we've been doing it for so long. We started. I started it singing and we started playing together when I was like nine years old. So we had all that time to kind of figure out what we liked and what we didn't like and the writing processes of, you know, getting older and getting better at writing. So I think we finally found, obviously, well, constantly maturing, but I think we finally found our sound that we love and we're just going to keep growing and writing and getting better at all that. But that definitely had a big part of who we are now and why I guess we're so mature. Right. Sort of at the you know the level that you're at right now, what's been kind of like the biggest learning curve that you that's kind of brought forth, you know, uh, being a part of this band? Um, I think it's it's a constant growing process, just to kind of take a step back and realize what you're doing and appreciate it. You know, appreciate the small shows where there's only thirty people, and appreciate the people that you're with and the people that are helping you. Um, just to kind of have your eyes always open to where you are and exploring and doing all that because if you don't, it kind of just goes by super fast when you look back at it and you don't really remember all of the good parts of it. So I would say that's a really big part of appreciating where you are. Yeah, yeah with the whole idea behind the band name that the whole youth are heirs of the world, inheriting everything that the adults leave behind, how does that sort of mm-hmm. idea translate into what, um you guys write about in the songs um i think i mean we mostly write about life experience and growing older and being angsty teenagers um i think that has a lot to do with the name um just because we're all kind of going through this whether you're you've already gone through it as an, an adult or you're going through it as a teenager who's on this journey with us so um we try and make relatable music and music that people can listen to and either look back on or experience with us. Right. Yeah, that's always been like the age-old sort of battle. The adults are like, they'll say, oh, this new generation of youth, I have no hope, while the whole young people are rebelling, rebelling against, you know, what the adults are doing and what they think are gonna, they're going to leave behind for them when they're adults. Yeah, it's a confusing thing. I think, I mean, I I don't, I don't really know if I look at it that way. I, I mean, I think that the adults also have a say as long as we're on this earth. Um, yeah. So we're not overruling them. It's just kind of like, as a as a whole, as a generation, we are constantly growing and we are inheriting what is left for us in the end. Still being young, being a part of like this music industry, like. How how does it feel being like in your age range doing what you're doing in the music industry? Uh, it's it's completely surreal to me. I mean, I, the fact that I'm able to tour the, to the world with like my best friends and play music that that we write together and be able to do that is incredible. I mean, I I I can't explain how grateful and lucky I feel. Um, it's definitely surreal that's that's all I can say I mean I'm just enjoying it I'm enjoying everything I just finished high school so that's finally out of the way awesome (laughs) so I can yeah so that's good Brandon and I are both done with high school and now we can just solemnly focus on the music so I'm extremely lucky I love what I do and I'm very passionate and we're all very passionate people and musicians so it's it's a great time I love it great were you a were you a good student what was your favorite subjects Ooh, I was kind of a nerd. I was kind of like that annoying girl in school who like brought the teacher an apple, to be honest with you. Um, I liked I liked math a lot. Uh, I liked English because I liked to write. Um, I liked learning about all the people who started writing and poetry and everything like that. But um, yeah, I, I liked math and I liked English. Those were my two 
a few fav- favorite subjects. I did not like science or chemistry. That was like the other side of my brain that I did not want to turn on. So <laughs> that was difficult for me. But um, besides that, it was high school was a pretty easy time for me. Brandon and I both finished at the same time. So he was kind of frustrated. He was like, you're two years younger than me. Like, let me have my spotlight. <laughs> I want to be the only graduate. I'm 18. And I was like, listen, I'm sorry. This has to be done. You'll thank me in the long run. But I'm not sitting doing algebra on the tour bus. <laughs> right. What did you guys do once you graduated? Um, well, we haven't really done anything. I, I just recently finished. So we were going to wait until um, I was done, and then we were going to do a little, like, graduation party at our house. Um, but we didn't really do anything. We just kind of, like, rejoiced, had dinner with our family, and moved forward. <laughs> where, where, uh, when was the, you know, the idea to start this band? You know, why did you feel the need to, like, start this project? Um, I don't really know. I mean, we all, Brandon and I always um, were super involved in music and writing. Yeah. And I think once we got a little bit older, we decided that we wanted to take it seriously and that we wanted to make this an actual thing and be an actual band. And <clears throat> once we found the rest of the members, um, we decided, like, this is it. Like, we're, we're making the music that we love. We're writing the music that we love. You know, let's release it and let's start touring on it. We have a really solid fan base, and I think that they'll like it, too. And we kind of just took a leap of faith and and did that. And it's been great so far. We've gotten really great people the people involved in it and we have amazing fans and it's yeah it's great do uh do you have a good relationship with you know the other people that you work (laughs) with outside of the band do they you know take you seriously even though you are you know still in your youth yeah i mean i honestly did think that that would be a problem when we were first starting out because I'm so much younger and that's, I didn't, I, at first I didn't like to tell people how old I was because once I did, they were like, Oh, you're a kid. And they didn't really take um, me seriously. But as I, I just learned to prove myself with the music that I make and the music that I write. And I don't really have to explain my, I feel like I don't really have to explain myself further than that. Um, which has been great for me because it's, it's worked. And I just, I play the music that we, we, we have and no one really asks me anymore. It's kind of just like, wow, you're, so young it's great that you're doing this and so i'm happy that we i've had good feedback on that and it's never been an issue so well, oh, yeah, as, like, as long as we're good as long as we're good kids which we mostly are right then it's never really a problem right well yeah like i said you know you seem to handle yourself um like someone who's much older you know so i was kind of shocked you. when i saw you were only 16 i was like oh, oh all right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's usually the response I get. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't really know what to do. <laughs> but, yeah, it's great. Being young is a great thing. And right. I'm, I'm just the youngest one in the band, so I'm the baby in the band, but it's okay. Well, are, are you enjoying this time in your life, being young? Are you, like, waiting to be an adult in any way, or are you cherishing being young? Oh, not at all. I am definitely enjoying being young. I think teenagehood is a very special period in someone's life. And if you're just constantly thinking about when you're going to be an adult, it, it ruins it. So I, I think being young is, is, and being a teenager is the best, best thing to take advantage, take full advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. Being an adult isn't, isn't as cracked up as you think it would be. Yeah, yeah, I, that's what I've heard. They're everyone who I tell, I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm fixing to like, oh man, wish I was that young again. I'm like, I guess, I guess being an adult isn't as fun as everyone thinks it is. So right now, um, you guys are working on a uh, full length album. Um, right now we're in the midst of a, a bunch of little things. Um, I think we're going to be releasing EP before the summertime. Okay. Because we're going to be doing um a bit of summer touring, so we want to release some new music for everyone to listen to summertime and then following that we'll be doing the full but we're constantly writing got so much material that we could release you know tons of things so we're just going to keep writing and hopefully release something by the summertime and see where that takes us how do you guys go about you know writing and recording uh new songs uh our writing process i feel like it's different every time but um most of the time 
we have a melody or we have lyrics or an idea or something has happened in one of our lives and well, we really want to focus on it and write about it and we can all relate. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like spontaneous spur of the moment. Um, sometimes Brandon and I will wake up at three in the morning and write a song or sometimes we'll be at rehearsal with our band and start on a riff and just start writing a song from there. So it's different. That's why it's so fun because it's like a spontaneous adventure every time we're writing a song. It's like a, it's like a new experience. You know, looking ahead, what do you hope, you know, where do you hope this band goes to? Um, I mean, it's hard to say that. I just, I hope that we're perceived in the right way and that um, we become a, a, a well-known band that people respect and that they love. And the music is kind of like a timeless thing. I think that's the, the main thing, just longevity as a band. And being able to play shows when we're it's, and people still love us, you know, like the, the classic bands, Fleetwood Mac, you know, they're a big inspiration because they're still touring and they're, they're so they're they're much older. And I think so, just longevity in the long run and and success, and for all of us to be happy and and in love with the music that we're making. Being that you know we've already done a lot of touring, a lot of shows, how do you keep like? a good positive energy between everybody uh, in the band? Um, luckily, everyone most of the time has has a good attitude. Um, no one's really, I mean, if we're grumpy, it's not really like a mean grumpy, but I haven't seen anyone snap at me yet. I'm, I'm kind of waiting, I'm waiting for it to happen, to be honest with you. <laughs> but yeah, everyone seems pretty good. As long as we get our sleep in and the boys get their coffee in the morning, we should be good. Yeah, that coffee. Mm -hmm. Did I lose you? Hello? Oh yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh. Okay. Um. Yeah, yeah, definitely that coffee in the morning. Yeah, I haven't hopped on the coffee train yet, but I think I'm making my way there. <laughs> it's close. Seems to, it seems to keep them going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm so tired. They're like, oh, we just had three cups of coffee. We're feeling great. So maybe I'll try. Maybe I'll try it. Outside music and outside the band, is there anything that you would like to do in you know re in regards to your career uh, at you know at a certain time later on? Um, I think I, I love fashion. I'm very into fashion, um, and I think it'd be really cool to kind of get more involved with that, but kind of bring the music into my involvement with fashion and do things that I can have music and be fashionable. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like fashion a lot, so I think. Maybe that is in my horizon. Hopefully, the whole, the whole band is kind of into fashion, which is fun. So, whenever I'm like looking at clothes, they're all interested in it. I'm like, they're like worse than girls. They're looking at clothes in the back seat while I'm like playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's, it's kind of a uh, you know a weird transitional time with fashion. Like, a lot of like some of the old ideals are sort of going out of style, and they're kind of sort of embracing sort of the technology and s certain advances yeah. so there's a time right now where there's a lot of open ideas and there's it's kind of a different time while certain things kind of get recycled it's kind of an open yeah, idea I, you know honestly this time period of fashion i'm in love with i think it's such it's such a time where like you can do whatever you want and kind of wear whatever you want and people are just like oh that's cool like oh you're you know what i'm saying it's not like super it's not a judgmental thing it's like if you're in a, into a certain type of fashion people like respect you in a certain way so i think it's a great time to be into wearing glitter and weird and weird things <laughs> um but yeah I, i'm super into like the 70s style the neck scarves the, the glitter the fur the, the chunky heels all that fun stuff so yeah and with and with like you know just the internet and technology stuff like that you can see so much more stuff these days and get oh yeah social media is like the biggest part of everything these days it's like if, if you find out about a band it's like instead of going to itunes it's like oh what what's their instagram you know it's just that's how it is now which is a great thing and and not so great thing but i think if you take advantage of it in the right way that you can turn it into a positive thing and you know and that's all that you can hope for yeah, from like from like a fashion like style whatever standpoint, 
like the rabbit hole that I just kind of went down was uh, going on Etsy and seeing all this stuff that people make. Oh yeah, that's like I'm big. I'm big on Etsy. I, you can find the coolest things, and they're they're cheap and they're, and they're beautiful, and it's great. There's so many the people making things, and there's, people are so creative, and it's awesome. I love Etsy too. Yeah, I think it's great. I'm right. a big thrifter too. I think finding things that you know are special in places and you kind of are curious who wore them before you and you know it's 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 super cool i like thrifting a lot but etsy is very cool too yeah thrifting is great too and that like parallels with being like a music head too and going to the record stores and seeing these records that aren't out digitally and nobody they've almost been forgotten and you look at it and you might be like oh this is kind of cool let me listen to it and it's something really cool yeah yeah, no, it's super cool. There are so many different outlets these days. Like on on your on your small little phone, you can basically do everything. It's it's, it's amazing. Well, cool. Uh, yeah, I won't hold you up any uh, longer. Uh, thanks for taking the time out to uh, talk with me. And uh, yeah, oh, of prob- course, no worries. I enjoyed chatting with you. It it sparked my brain up. I was I was sleeping, but yeah, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> great, great, great. Yeah, I'll see you at the show tomorrow. Oh, amazing. I'm very excited to see you. Cool, cool, Thank you for talking with me. Definitely. I'll come say hi. Uh, Yeah, good. Come say hi. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. Be safe on the roads. Thank you very much. Have a good night. You too. All right, bye. Bye. So that was the interview with Savannah Hudson from The Airs. Uh, Be on on the lookout for them. They're a really good pop band. Um, I feel like they're going to have some uh, big things ahead of them. Uh, I believe they're going to be on the Warp Tour this summer. So uh, if you're going to be there, definitely check them out. They're really good live. So next we have the interview with Lizzie Ellison from uh, Radiation City. So uh, let's get into that. Hello, Kelly. How you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. Good. So with this, you know, with this new album... Uh, there's certain there's at a certain time when there was an uncertainty about whether this band will go on. Um, so yeah. how did this new album come to be? Because you know many of you were already you know ready to call it quits for the band. Well, I think it was. I don't know. The, the whole record kind of took a, a really long time in terms of what songs we were going to use, who we were going to work with, and then finally even recording it, having to kind of go back and rework it and that process took a really long time so it was almost years of deliberation and confusion and frustration so there was just a lot of questioning you know are we why is this taking so long are we doing the right thing uh and in the process like lost a member and had some issues within within the band with each other that we've you know since amended and uh, got back on track. And I think that that's probably typical or or should be, you know, I mean, you're basically in a relationship with however many people are in the band and right. it can't be perfect all the time. So it's really just getting through that stuff and figuring out why it happens and trying not to repeat it. So how are, how are we able to sort of like mend those fences between each other and the band? Um, putting your ego aside and, you know, realizing that you at the at the end of the day that you're friends and you should be treating each other like that rather than, you know, the arc of the music determining what happens or like the process. And I think that's hard because as we get older, we want this, we want this to be, you know, a career that is successful and sustainable and, hasn't been that for a long time so I think I think that in addition to like the record taking a really long time it was just a matter of like are we are we even just doing the right thing in our own personal lives and I think being able to get past that and realize yes we are uh, allowed us to be more humble with one another and I don't know just kind of not everything is perfect you know right uh, but we are doing our best to kind of see this thing out and continue to make art together because our collab, our working relationships are really incredible. So 
Okay. Yeah. Once you were able to kind of get get past all of that, how did how did it sort of improve uh, things creatively within the group? Well, we're kind of in the process of of um, how do I say like understanding that now because we've been recording new material for another record that I'm not sure when it'll come out, but really just like to be recording together and the recording slash writing process for us has always been, you know, one of the best parts because that's when our brains get to combine and sort of augment and beautify the other person's ideas into a way that we couldn't do on our own individually. Um, so we're, we're kind of, for the first time since the last record, working on, you know, rebuilding that, uh, that connection with each other. And it's been really nice. Definitely. Yeah. The sound of the album is really, is really powerful and energetic when it comes down to it. Uh, going into, you know, writing and recording this album, however long it took, you know, what sort of sound were you trying to look to get with this new album? Well, we, we, you know, in the past we've made half pop, half ballad, you know, sort of cinematic music. And I think for this record we really wanted to just see how how pop we could get without being, without it feeling unnatural. Um, so, yeah, so this, you know, each song has, like, we're focusing on um, the nuance of, of Cook, but also not, like, you know, not to be super simple about it, but how do we work in our method of composition with with a pop mentality? And so I think that, I think that ended up working out really well. Um, the second producer we worked with, Jeremy Scherer in Portland, is kind of the master of that sound. And he helped out a lot with, like, some drugs, like having drum overdubs that really helped you know, carry the song along. And uh, so, yeah, I definitely would like to give some credit to that. Um, but I think, I don't know, I think just in general, we wanted to go for something refreshing, something for ourselves, you know, something that was different from our past work, um, but still try to be genuine. It's definitely more, a little more high five than the rest of of the music that we've made. Right. How do you how do you feel like you've progressed as a band from those uh previous albums? Well, I think that uh Cam and Randy have been also like aside from working on the band, they've been producing and engineering for bands in town and kind of getting their hands dirty with all the um the gear and stuff that's involved in recording and that's like a whole other language, a whole, whole other world. <laughs> right. I think it's just kind of gaining more, I mean, for example, the first record Cam and I did with Randy um, was pretty much just like cut and glued, like samples of drums, individual, like individual tracks with a snare and whatever, because we didn't really know what we were doing. And then, I mean, once we met Randy, he played drums on some of the songs, but it was just kind of like, us because we didn't know what we were doing and it ended up somehow working right. um, and now now that we understand you know a little bit more for better or worse it definitely influences how you make music and um, they're you know they're so fascinated with it that it's an enjoyable process for them to you know sort of experiment with that, that, that type of stuff and, uh, and I think that you know, you grow as, as you get older, you grow up and you learn things as though your sound kind of evolves inherently. Yeah. Uh, I hope that's just like understood by people that you can't make the same record twice. You shouldn't make the same record twice. So I think, uh, yeah, I think a lot of growing up has happened and a lot of knowledge has been absorbed and applied. I, I mean, I can say as a singer, I was timid when I first started now I'm, you know, looking to reach the high highs of what I'm capable of. So, yeah. 
Yeah, you sound great on the new new record. <laughs> Thanks. Yep. Uh, you know, let's talk about Portland a little bit. How's the music scene out there? Uh, it's awesome. It's always changing. It's, there's, I don't know, very many people who don't play music in Portland. Um, and one given person can be in like three or four bands. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a definitely an artist city. Um, I think that it's hard because it's so saturated to kind of stand out. Um, and because people are kind of changing their band name or changing band members or like, you know, just it's always kind of morphing. But there's not really um, longevity. But I don't, I also don't know if there's a lot of people that are like looking, you kind of have to be a little crazy to want to get into music seriously as a career. <laughs> um, and it's a young town. There's a lot of our, a lot of the music scene kids are just in their early 20s or or early 40s or whatever, but everyone's kind of a kid at heart. doesn't really, doesn't really, they don't really take life, you know, not necessarily uh, in an immature way, but they don't take things too seriously. So it's definitely like have fun type city and everyone's friends, everyone, you know, goes to each other's shows and is super supportive. And, um, I haven't lived, I live in Chicago, but I wasn't super involved in the music scene. So I don't, I can't really speak to it, but it, it feels like, like a different climate than, than some of the major cities where it's pretty cutthroat and, you know, people really are striving for that success. So. Right. It's a different beast. Recently, I did talk to somebody else uh, that's from Portland, too, uh, and she's more uh, towards on the like the electronic music side of everything. And mm-hmm. she did she did mention that in Portland there is somewhat of a like a, a gentrification kind of going on. Uh, do you is that something that you see there, and does it um, do you see it affecting the arts there at all? Um, it's definitely happening. Uh... It's funny. It's almost like it's been predicted that, that that something to this effect would be happening, and it and it didn't for a long time. And then just in the past year and a half or so, the city sort of like, um, as far as like you know, buildings being torn down and big condos being put up, and um, yeah, it's it's definitely a thing that's happening. And I I don't. Everyone's kind of focusing on it right now because it's scary, but it's change that's sort of inevitable, and you sort of just have to maintain what you're doing within it and not, you know, like I think for some people it's, it's um, the main focus is like affordable housing and the fact that when gentrification happens, the artist gets pushed out and has to, you know, kind of keep pushing the, the limits of the cities and live further out and. But I don't. I don't know. I. It's. It sucks, but it's also like. Just natural. It's just something I've seen that in in every city, and that it happens everywhere. And I don't know how we can really combat it. I'm not. I'm not the person first, you know, to suggest anything. But I would say that a lot of people are pretty upset about it and are are worried that the art scene will kind of lose its magic because of it. A lot of people are moving there because of what that is but in turn they destroy it by you know trying to replicate it right yeah i'm i'm here in detroit and like detroit had nowhere to go but up and we're seeing Mm -hmm. that sort of thing right now the sort of downtown revitalization and yeah and certain neighborhoods becoming much more unaffordable to live in now and you're like what where does this plan sort of leave the native Detroiters who've had generations in the city? Yeah. You know, that, those are sort of yeah. ideas that pop up, and you're like, how does this sort of benefit those people? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of where the problem lies is then these people are, in a sense, displaced. You know, so, so on one hand, it's good for the uh, economy of Portland for people to be moving there, and it creates jobs, or or creates because a lot of it's like startup or tech or whatever so it's, it's creating somewhat of an economy but it's also when it comes to musicians who don't really 
aren't in that field or, you know, they're servers or whatever. Um, and, yeah, and they can't afford to live in these, you know, whether they really want to live in these luxury condos. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's an interesting concept to think about. And, I, I, you know, as far as Detroit, I think that it's also been uh, – kind of decimated in the past decade. And so I think it's good for, you know, or to start having this, um, you know, new growth or whatever, but at the same time, it sucks that it has to come at the cost of getting, you know, forcing people out in order to do so. I just wish there was some sort of middle ground. Yeah, definitely. Like here in Detroit, like, most people that have been around for a while, they're like, they're they're sick of living in a city the way it is. But right, and they right. like seeing they like seeing the development and whatnot. But then at the same time, they're they're looking like, how do I fit into this? Are they going to come right. in my neighborhood and push me out? Like, right. am I going to be able yeah. to even afford to live here anymore? Like, it's it's all little scary questions that ha- happens. But at the same time, they like it because. They, they're sick of, you know, fearing for their lives when they're walking down the street, too, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's like, you know, neither side is good, but how do we strike a balance and make this work for everybody? Because, I don't know. That's, that, that's definitely happened in Portland, where a lot of the African-American communities are just, like, they just can't afford it. And, like, property tax goes up, and, you know, they are forced to move, and then their house gets torn down, and this kind of prefab like cookie cutter thing goes up and just like who you're replacing that with this you know i don't know yeah definitely you said you were originally from chicago Mm-hmm. okay nice nice uh what sort of a kid were you when you were growing up um let's see when i was in elementary school, I liked to be outside a lot. I was really active. I played softball for eight years. Um, and, I, I mean, I came from the suburbs of, of Chicago and Northwest. Uh, so it was kind of like, I don't know, a safe town, uh, sort of upscale or whatever. But you could kind of just ride your bike around town and hang out with your friends and, you know, go on the railroad tracks and get into trouble, sort of. But it was... It was pretty safe and, uh, I don't know, kind of plain, normal. And then uh, I moved to Portland when I was 14 and kind of had, you know, my world turned upside down in, in, a, in a good way. Just I'd never seen a mountain before. <laughs> um, and I thought I knew what the outdoors were. And it's just kind of, I don't know, uh, I was awestruck. And that was when I... I sort of had a lot of alone time having to like reacclimate into a school system. And so that was when I started writing and playing a lot more. Like come home after school and play piano. And then um, I moved back to the Midwest and my senior year, finished high school there. And then I lived in the city for six years, sort of trying to figure out what I wanted to do musically. I ended up going to culinary school and, was in the restaurant industry for 10 years. Um, but then I, once I moved back to Portland, was kind of when everything started to make sense. Great. Yeah, when you moved back to Portland, you know, what was, uh, you know, sort of your plan? What was sort of the ideas floating around in your head? Um, reconnect with some friends that I was never able to replace. Um, a few of them didn't live in Portland anymore. A few of them still do, and we're still really good friends. Um, I don't know. I don't think that I expected to, like, I think maybe I was more keen on the idea of doing um, something in the food world. But then I started working with my stepbrother. We, <laughs> our job was at a, a bakery in town a catering company and we would have to be at work at two thirty in the morning. Okay. And then and then we get out at noon and just be like totally fried. But then we would just go and make music. So we were kind of in this delirious state making 
song. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of worked and around I met Cam and we started uh, collaborating. He was living in San Francisco. Yeah. I don't know. Things just kind of fell into place. Definitely hard, but yeah. Yeah, being that you you know went to culinary school and whatnot, like, what was sort of the things that you were sort of interested in doing in the food world? Like, what would sort sort of been your like sort of dream job? Mm, at that point, I like I don't think I want to do that. I guess I've always kind of looked at um, cooking as a you know, you build your way to the top. You don't just, like, I don't know. It's not like music where you're just, like, you can be really good, but you really have to understand the ins and outs of how the industry works and before you can just, like, open up your own restaurant yeah. unless you have someone doing all the work for you, which to me would be weird. Um, but I just wanted to get as much experience as I could and then hopefully open up my own thing, which still has yet to be determined what that would be. Something really small. <laughs> right. Cool. When, uh, yeah, when you were uh, first kind of getting into music, uh, you know, what was the type of stuff that you were listening to as a kid or as a teenager? What, you know, what sort of influenced you to want to make music? Mm-hmm. Well, my, both my parents uh, were musicians. So I kind of grew up just with that being uh, inherently a part of me. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I ever like. It was just like from the time I could I could think of okay, what do I want to be, or like the t- you know from the time I could sing or talk or whatever. It was just like oh, this is what I'm going to do. It's just kind of been decided for me. Um, but I, I don't know. I listened to my first CD was, uh, Janet Jackson. Nice. And I can't say I wanted to like be like her, but it was definitely inside. I think that was like sixth grade. Um, I don't know. I listened to like oldies when I was younger and kind of just was in love with that sound. And, <clears throat> and then as I got older, I when I'm like when I basically when I moved to Chicago, I stopped listening to the radio or like what I was told was cool and kind of wandered into a record store and just had a friend with me who was older and he was like, okay, I'm gonna. I'm going to help you, and, you know, we're going to figure this out. <laughs> so he introduced me to, like, uh, Cocteau Twins and uh, fans, well, The Gossip, which it was their, and they had just put out their first record. Okay. And I was listening to Interpol and Radiohead, of course, and, well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of Cocteau Twins, and that kind of, forever changed my understanding of how vast the music world is. Kind of like, you can do anything. It doesn't have to be top 40. It doesn't have to be something that's super popular. Um, that was kind of my art scene for music, like understanding the other side of it. Great, great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, admittedly, I listen to like in middle school and high school wanted to be like but <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely let's talk about the live show you're about to uh, hit the road oh, for, right, yeah. for this tour with Deep Sea Diver uh, what sort of uh, energy do you get out of performing live you know what's sort of like the band's live show like um, it's really um, it's actually kind of interesting we, we are not like big on talking in between songs so we kind of try to you know just kind of create a, a not seamless but just kind of a performance of just like here's our music and then we can talk after the show 
Right. Um, but we, uh, it's, it's, um, I don't know. A lot of people say that our live show is sounds different than the recording and they prefer the live show. Um, we'll see what happens with like the new, the new stuff, but, um, we, it's definitely energetic. It's not like we're jumping all over the stage, but there's an energy that there's lots of like head bobbing and swaying and eye contact and, uh, very cathartic. Nice. Dreamlike, I guess is what people have said. Dreamlike, nice. Mm-hmm. How do you sort of like take the you know music that you've made and sort of translate that on stage? It's hard. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you just have an off night and you can't can't like fit the you know plug into the socket. But sometimes that you just are able to harness like an energy that's either. Uh, you know, the same as when you're recording it or not too dissimilar, but you can kind of like get on the path. Uh, and then from there, it, I don't know, it's sort of an unexplainable chemistry between us as a band, just being able to feel it out with each other and, uh, you know, become dynamic as one and then break it down together. And that's not something we have to communicate, but, uh, yeah. Sorry, my ears are like popping every two seconds. <laughs> oh damn! Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think. Wait, that... did, I, did I answer the question? Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, no, I think that's about it for the interview. Uh, yeah, thanks for taking the time out to uh, you know, chat with me. Thank you for calling a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely be at the Detroit show. Okay, cool. Y'all come say hi. Awesome, I would love that. All right, you have uh, safe travels and good luck on the tour. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Kelly. All right, bye. Bye. So that was the interview with uh, Lizzie Ellison from Radiation City. It was really cool to talk with them, and like I said before, Awesome show, uh, really good band to see live, and uh, definitely pick up their uh, their new album. If you'd like to uh, support the Fresh is the Word podcast, you can go to our website, which is freshisthepodcast.com, and there's a link at the top that says support the podcast. And on that page, there is a PayPal link that you can donate to, or there is a Amazon link on there that you can use anytime that you want to purchase anything on Amazon. Use that link. And after you make your purchases, Amazon will shoot some commission back to me. I'll just go to help the show. Also, I definitely appreciate all the listens. And if you definitely want to share the links to the website, freshesthepodcast.com, or any of the links on SoundCloud, that's definitely appreciated and will definitely help support the podcast. You can also reach Fresh is the Word on the social medias at Instagram and Twitter at Fresh is the Word One. That's Fresh is the Word Number One. And on Facebook, you can go to facebook.com slash podcast and give us a like on that page. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, so go ahead and search Freshes the Word on there. And go ahead and subscribe to us. And it also would be very helpful if you go onto iTunes and give us a five-star rating and throw some comments on there. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.